Hey everyone. Hey everyone. Thank you for taking the time to join in with Uncommon Women Podcast, a dope podcast to bring light to reality from real life people sharing real life stories with a host of women having real life talk, the good and the bad with no judgment. Uncommon Women's Loyalty is here to support those that need a safe space to speak their truth and rawness to the world. Tune in, relax, take notes, and let's vibe. Here are your hosts, Uncommon Women. Good, good evening, everyone. This is Uncommon Women here. I am Jenny Lee, your, uh, your co-host. And I am Tyra, also known as the Gold Guru. And we have an amazing guest speaker. Her name is Marcia Hurt. She's going to share her story of losing a child due to heart disease as a boy mom who is familiar with what it means to suffer the devastating loss of a child. Her mission now is to help as many as possible to navigate the spaces of grief and embrace their healing process. Hi, Marcia. Hi, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm so excited to have you. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. So before we get started, we always, before we get started, is there anything, any fun facts about you you'd like to let us know? Um, I am a boy mom. I heard you mention that I have three amazing boys. Mm -hmm. um, right now I am launching a nonprofit called A Month's Heart. We'll talk about that in the interview. Okay. Um, and I love people, so what's up? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay, awesome, awesome. Um, so can you tell us how your life was growing up? Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up, I was the second child of five kids, my mom. Um, she did have a husband, but he wasn't like really a stepfather. So I grew up with a stepfather in the home with my mom. We didn't grow up. But we weren't wealthy either. Um, we always had enough. Um, as far as my father, my father was not in my life, but I grew up with my paternal uh, grandparents. They were very okay. active. In fact, my father uh, committed suicide when I was 11. And I, I, God allowed me wow. to see him passing before it even happened, like a week before. Wow. Can you elaborate on that? What do you mean by that? So um, I had a dream. So my dad wasn't active in my life. Like I said, I was, um, mm -hmm. but my paternal grandparents was. One night I had a dream that my father was dead. And so I called my grandmother and I'm crying on the phone. My grandma, grandma, like I had a dream that my father died. And she was like, well, I don't know where he is because my mom had him on child support and she didn't want, she didn't want us to find him. So anyways, she called or he called right after I got the phone with her and him and my mom were arguing, arguing, arguing. So I didn't really get to talk to him. A week later, my mom pulled us upstairs, me and my brother, and she was like, your father passed away. Wow. Wow. That is crazy. Was your faith strong? It, it Like, how do you feel like that dream came um, about? Then, like as a kid? Yeah. As a kid, I was probably 11. I don't yeah. remember how my faith was because at the time, we had moved to Las Vegas, and although I grew up Christian, um, the the family that we were living with they practiced Buddhism, 
And so I was like in the in-between. But what I do remember is my first feeling of feeling rage. I felt rage so heavy once they told me that he passed away. Wow. So that dream, yeah, that's crazy. Sorry, Jenny, go ahead. No, it's okay. So you being 11 years old and you being angry, obviously it's a process of grief. Mm-hmm. Were you Absolutely. and were you were you angry because you were you angry because maybe you felt that he left you or you were just angry because of the situation? To be honest with you, I don't know why I was angry. I grew up angry as a child because I remember wanting my father mm-hmm. like really bad. I even got a tattoo of a rest in peace tattoo. But okay. the fact was, I never really even knew him, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so to to be completely honest later in life i think that whatever spirit was on him because i am i do believe in god I believe in jesus but i also believe in spirits i believe that whatever spirit was on him was transferable mm-hmm. because my father was an angry man it, it was actually crazy. a murder suicide so it wasn't maybe i should give more context it was a, okay. more of a murder suicide he murdered his girlfriend and because he didn't want to go to jail he killed himself yeah wow. that makes sense and earlier I was going to say, um, it's crazy because you were 11 and you had that dream and you just said you believe in spirits and Jesus. And it's crazy because it's at that age so early, it was confirmation that you were powerful, spirits are real, you know what's going on. And it's just insane. So even though you were angry, it, it makes sense. And yeah. also too, you, you never really got a hold of something like your dad was that one thing that you feel like you couldn't really get because he when he was here he wasn't even there right yeah Mm -hmm. yeah but it's crazy to see how you are aware now how did your anger turn into positivity how is life for you now life for me now is great honestly i mean i've suffered a lot of loss since then as well um you know both living people and people that have passed including my son but um, I learned to look at what's around me instead of just focusing in on the problem. So with okay. my father, although my father wasn't present, and even if he was present, he probably wouldn't have been in my life anyway. Um, so it was easier for me to deal with, like, oh, you can't be there for me because Absolutely. you're not here, right? Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and also, God put men in my life that stepped into that role. Maybe if he was here, I would still be chasing that love and I wouldn't have that. I wouldn't have the men that do support me right now. Mm. The father figures, I should say. Agree. Okay. I agree. Definitely agree with that. You so, lost one and gained a, 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 a village. Bunch. Mm. I mean, and, and one of them, like my major, one of my major father figures, he's not even directly related to me. Mm. He Those was my mom's husband's cousin who just wow. God put in my life to help me and my kids like it's it's wow. crazy how god works, that's so honestly. good yeah it's so good it's so good that how god puts people in your life that you need and yes. that they're there for just they're there for a lifetime he puts people i feel like he puts people who we need in our life to just mm-hmm. support us be there for us and just yeah. somebody to lean on to understand yeah. us to guide us and that is so amazing how he's done that for you yeah and a lot of the time, it's not what we want. Pro- I'm sorry. <laughs> I said it's always not what we want. You know, yep. it's just mm-hmm. like I just want this one person. But God was like, it's okay. 
I have yeah. a ton. I got you, right? I got you. <laughs> that is great. Yeah. Yeah. So can you can we go back and can you tell us uh the story about your son? Absolutely. So um Amun, that was his name. His name was Amun. Um I I got married. Well, I have three sons, like I said. Um, after my two sons, I got married. Me and my husband had another son. And uh <laughs> and um my husband my ex-husband now was such a great father that I wanted another son. And so we got pregnant with our last son. And um at 20 weeks utero, we went to have the ultrasound to find out what we were gonna have. And I was like, oh, let me get a girl. And the lady, the 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 lady, I'm just gonna call her the technician. She was uh-huh. like, "Oh, it's a boy," and I was like, "You know what? It's okay if it's a boy as long as he's healthy." And she went like the room was silent, and so immediately we're like, "Okay, like whatever." So she's like, "The doctor's gonna come talk to you." Um, the doctor came in. They were like, "Listen, like he only has half of a heart. It's called hyperplastic left heart syndrome. We're gonna send you to a surgeon." um it's not something that they can fix but they can tell you what your options are and so um that was at 20 weeks we saw several surgeons we saw several doctors to try to get a second opinion third opinion and the thing is with hypoplastic left heart syndrome it's basically when the left side of the heart doesn't develop and the left side of the heart is the part that provides oxygen to the body or oxygenates the blood um and so we had a choice to abort um, because the, the the defect that he had was not one that they can correct. He would have to go through three surgeries before the age of two, and that was no guarantee. Eventually, he would have to have um, heart surgery. And so taking into consideration that we had three other kids were like, you know, is this a life that we can afford? Like, what, what, what can we do this? So anyways, um eventually like at 32 weeks um they told us that his it's called a pda that's what they call it they're like it's too small we can't do the surgery anyway like even if you wanted to we can't do the surgery so for me i was like you've got to be kidding me with god and i told god either take him or heal him those are your two options god take my son or heal my son because first of all already him already growing in my body what like i couldn't imagine seeing him and then being like okay well now i have to give him back like just just take him while he's in here that way i ain't even gotta go through him crying holding him to his eyes yeah. none of those things just go ahead and take him um and so they told us that we didn't have an option and so on the day of his um the day he was born i had a c-section um they were like bring all your family. He's not going to make it. Just bring all your family. They literally cut me open, handed him to me, no diaper, no nothing. Just, they didn't clean him off. They were like, here you go. Here he is. You got a couple hours. Wow. Yeah. But God. Did they mentally perfect? Oh, wow. That wasn't. (laughs) That wasn't it. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> I was a pause. Yeah, I, I heard the pause. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. And so to answer your question, was I mentally prepared? Absolutely not. Okay. I mean, even I though I knew that that was the ultimate 
how, how do you prepare for something like exactly. that seriously like because one thing was he this is a child mm-hmm. it's a child and it's like it messed me up so anyway I, do you want to continue with the story Absolutely, I got more please. Yeah. Yeah. okay, no, okay. Keep going. <laughs> so <laughs> like i said the expectation was for him to pass after four hours um the next day the nurse came in she's like i'm so sorry for your loss and i was like well he's he's right here so can I get a diaper? Oh, wow. Possible? Yeah. Yeah. They didn't know. They were like, we didn't expect it. So they gave us a choice to either put him in a NICU and let him pass away at the hospital or take him home. And I was like, I want to take my baby home. Absolutely. Um, he, it was like, he was like a normal baby. He had jaundice. He was yellow. They sent us home with um, a nurse to come check on him because they're like eventually it's going to happen and when it does happen we want to make sure that you have the right tools um to be prepared for it right and so they sent us home week one he was good week two he was good week three was about six weeks in um i was holding him his dad was at work i was holding him and he just started breathing real heavy like and i'm like so i'm i'm patting him i'm like babe it's okay like it's okay you know and he was fine um two weeks later he was about eight nine weeks um it, it started happening again but this time we were barbecuing and he it wouldn't stop like he just kept <gasps> and so i'm like i ran downstairs on top i'm like i don't know what's going on like something is wrong and so he's like call the nurse we called the nurse and the nurse is like i'm on my way to bring the epi pen and i was just like i can't do this like i cannot sit here and watch my baby die and so we rushed him to the hospital and they're like are you sure you want him to have surgery i'm like do whatever you got to do to save my son. And so all the IVs, they cut off all of his all of his clothes. They was giving him shots and then they airlifted him to a children's hospital where he had his first surgery. Wow. Yeah. And what yeah. age is this first surgery? He he was um nine weeks. Wow. He was tiny. He was nine weeks and um, the blood from his heart, because it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't properly, it wasn't functioning properly. It started spilling liquid into his lungs. Oh, wow. And so he was like basically drowning from the inside out. So they did the surgery. Um, he came, he was, he was great. He was great. Wow. And then they were like, um they did whatever reconstructive surgery they did to move the fluid elsewhere they were like you know like that's just a tiny bit you need to bring him back in two weeks to get um his first constructive surgery so we're like okay we took him in he was smiling this is the end of august he was smiling and i'm like some in my chest i felt like something was wrong i'm like oh my god like okay so we sent him into surgery he was fine he was smiling he came out he was blue Wow. He was blue, bluish green. Um, he had a um, NG tube. Um, and I lost it. <laughs> I'm kind of I lost it because when he went in, he was fine. And it was like, how do you go from being fine to being blue? What happened in surgery was his left lung collapsed. 
And when they told me that, I was like, are you effing kidding me? Like, are wow. you serious? And the doctor was so rude. She was like, what do you, she's like, what, you, what is your problem? And I'm what? like, I ain't gonna lie to y'all, I was ready to swing. Lord forgive me, but it's the truth. <laughs> I'm ready to swing for you. I mean, but come, but come on. I mean, like, if she's being rude like that, I'm like, you're a mom. Like, yeah. Like, but you know what? She was a surgeon. And so here's the thing. Yep. Typically, in surgery, if your lung collapse, it's going to come back. It's going to take a couple of days for it to come back, but it'll come back. So she's looking at me like, what are you, what's wrong with you? Like, the, the lung is going to come back. And I'm like, well, I'm not a doctor. How am I supposed to know exactly. that? Another doctor pulled me out of the room and explained that to me. So I'm like, okay. Unfortunately for Mun, his lung never recovered. Wow. It never recovered. And, and a question I wanted upset, to ask. I'm yeah. sorry. And she no, was um fine. she was upset that you were like, You're a mom. This yeah. is your child, you know. I think as parents, like, you know, I wanna go you said when you said when you first found out about your child, you know, being in your womb and they're telling you that, you know, your child has a, a, a heart, you know, has this heart condition, you know, no mother, you know, especially someone that's caring, it, it, we're not ever, ever prepared for any of anything like this. Yeah. There is so many things that we start to think and, and, and exactly and it's it's hard to process because this is our child you know where yeah. we, we we get pregnant you know we carry this baby in our womb and they don't this doctor expected you not to react in any type of way yeah. she's crazy Man, she, she, she almost crazy. got it in that hospital room oh my lie goodness to you. <laughs> i just i, I cannot fathom that because it's mind-boggling yeah. How some people can be very insensitive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the problem is with that is she's a surgeon. So she's seeing, God bless her soul. I don't know how they do it, but they see mm -hmm. crazy stuff on a daily basis. Okay. So they're so monotone. But this is a mother who just, you know, I'm like, you got to think about it. And another thing that I wanted to ask you is like, how do you deal with the up and down of your baby's smiling and then he's not okay? And then he's okay, and then he's not okay at the barbecue. Like it, it's an emotional roller coaster. But how does that work with you and your faith and all that along the way? Because you also with have other faith? kids that you have to be strong for. So exactly. I can't imagine. And, and thankfully, I really was focused on the money. My okay. partner at the time, my ex-husband, he was really focused on the other kids. Like Good. I was at the hospital most of the time, and he was with the kids most of, most of the time. As far as my faith, I would pray, and I had my mom, she's a prayer warrior, but I was angry with God, mm. can I be honest? No, because I love that, I be honest, because we do that a lot, and we don't really talk about that, and that we is don't. I was angry with God because my religion told me that my son would be blessed because I'm in a marriage. Well, that was my, mm. that's, I'm like, how is it that I had two kids out of wedlock? They're perfectly healthy. My son has a heart condition and I'm married. Yeah, not you're like, only, I did though. I did what you yeah. wanted. <laughs> you hear <laughs> what I'm saying? Yeah. Not only that at the time. Um, so my ex-husband had an ex-wife and she was pregnant at the same time. And her baby was healthy. And she oh. wasn't married. And me and her oh. had conflict and I chose to end the conflict between 
me and her. So I'm like, I'm doing everything that I think is right. Every, I'm trying to, you know, be cordial with people. I'm forgiving people. And then boom, you give me a child that has a heart condition that you, you can't cure. And I'm married. Like, I'm not cheating on my husband. Like, and amen, amen. Make it make sense. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So I was angry. My, I, I was angry during the process. I, I did a lot of praying. But after it was over, I realized just how angry I was with God. And he allowed me to have that time. Amen. That's important, too. And I think that what's important is that I think he knew you were angry with him, but that how honest you were about it, which was important. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's important to, you can be mad at God. That's normal. We've all done it. But you didn't lose track of your faith and who he is to you. You know what I mean? And I think even though well that- i ain't going i'm not i'm going i'm one to always be honest okay yes please yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> I for a moment there um i did i didn't i did lose my faith after the fact because like i said i was confused i was very confused mm-hmm. and after my divorce after moving to texas and everything that mm. i'm doing through after moving my son too God put me in a place where I had no choice but to call back on him, right? Yeah. I had gotten so low that I told my kids, my older two kids, that I have that I had at the time where I still have them, but that were with me. And I told them I hate you. That's how low I was. And in that very moment, it was like a light bulb went off. I'm like, how can you tell your children that you hate them? Like, they're innocent. And I think they were like yeah. Yeah. 13. No, no, no. Oh, we've been in Texas. They were 11 and nine. And so I took my son to football practice and I was literally in the car yelling, God, what do you want from me? Mm. Literally. And my son was sitting in the car right next to me. I'm like, you took everything from me because my son was Mm. another thing that I wanted that was taken just like my father. So I felt like you just Uh. kept, you just keep taking everything. Like, what do you want? Like, you know, uh, and that was my that was my communication to God. Mm-hmm. What you take everything? What do you want? Mm-hmm. Literally. Wow. So, after your son's lung never recovered, was that just did he just pass after that? Or? No. So wow. uh, that was in August when he had his uh, when his lung collapsed. Okay. We were in the hospital for about three months up and down, up and down, up and down, trying to get him to be able to come home and be able to live with one lung and half of a heart. Um, eventually we did go home the week before uh, Thanksgiving. And um, that was a blessing because they sent us home. I had to learn how to put a feeding tube in his nose, how to check his heart rate, how to make sure that the placement was right. A whole oxygen tank. We learned a lot. Well. I learned a lot. We did. Um, But he did come home. Um, But the thing with his heart condition and him being having one lung, it was kind of like having COVID-19. And I say that because anything would have put him in the hospital, like a sniffle, any allergy, anything. We're back in the hospital. Plus, he was on like eight different medications. So between... Thanksgiving, we were in the hospital maybe every other week until about 
the end of January because we lived in Illinois and it was cold and you know flu season and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. Anyways, um, February he was good. I went back to work about March and his dad stayed home with him. Um, he learned how to sit up on his own. He eventually got off his feet in two. He learned how to wow. um, take a bottle. He learned how to um, eat Cheetos. And, oh, like, wow. That's a long way from yeah, the <laughs> A miracle. Literally. Yeah. Like, a miracle. Like, we were going to see specialists, like speech therapists. Um, but yeah, he was doing everything that they thought that he wasn't going to do. Seriously. You see? You see, they be. This is what I be saying. I said there is a God, and because you know, they, they can, doctors can sit there and say whatever they want. At the mm-hmm. end of the day, when you're, when God has His hand over a child or someone, they're gonna they're gonna do they're gonna yeah. do it. They're gonna do yeah. it. Can't no one For say. Sure. There's nothing impossible at all. I was gonna say. I think it is important. It's. I think it's important too because it's like us humans. We can't call it. I know these doctors saw this a hundred times over, but I think it's important that we don't get the final say. We are not in control. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. But um, so uh, I went back to work. He was with his dad, and then Mm -hmm. summertime came around, so he started getting a little agitated, and um. Around his first birthday, he had went from four liters of oxygen to eight liters in the field. And so um, I really, we ended up back in the hospital after his first birthday. We had a birthday party for him. And he was already kind of like fussy or whatever, but at the birthday party, he was just lethargic like he just was just faint like he didn't he didn't want to do anything he was just laying on me and you know he was just he wasn't himself um so his birthday is may 24th the party was probably like june 1st um we were at the party outside it was hot we had fans um he didn't he wasn't he didn't do anything and so on our way home he was just sleeping and i told his dad i'm like something is not right like he's on too much oxygen he only got one lung and if you don't know Mm. the more oxygen that you are on um it starts to damage the lung right Mm. and so we took him i'm like i'm taking him to his dad like he's fine i'm like no i'm I'm gonna take him to emergency room because he had been sleeping for like four hours like just sleep and so we took him to the emergency room i'm holding him they're like yeah he need his his oxygen level is low he needs to go to the hospital but the thing was, they were like, we we're going to transport him to the hospital. He didn't have to be airlifted this time. This time they were going to take him on a stretcher in the ambulance. But I couldn't be in the bed with him. And so when I handed him over to the uh, EMTs and they put him in the stretcher, he cried so hard. He cried so hard. And um like after a few minutes, like the monitor, he just froze and then the monitor went to zero. So I believe he had a heart attack. It wasn't confirmed, but that's what I believe because the way that he looked and like the monitor was just went flat and like his heart probably just stopped for a second. Oh, so anyways, wow. we went to the hospital and I thought that it was gonna be a normal visit. It would be there for a week. So um, we went, we were staying at the Ronald McDonald house. I would go from the hospital to the home, from the hospital back to, not to hospital, to home, but hospital, to work, 
back to Ronald McDonald's house in the hospital to work. And one day I was getting off work and uh, his dad was with him because he wasn't working at the time. And I'm like, how's he doing? Is he all right? He was like, yeah, he's good. And um, I was like, okay, let me talk to him. He's cool, man. He's fine. I'm going to run home, get some clothes, and then I'll be there. When I got there, he was, his his levels were low. His oxygen levels were low. He was fussy. They're like, we don't know what's wrong with him. I'm like, okay, well, let me hold him. So I just held him until he went to sleep. And then they were like, uh, we had a, a DNR. Um, we had a DNR. <laughs> and so they were like, his heart is failing. We're going to give him some medication. And uh, that should help his heart within a week. So we're like, okay. Um, then, like a week later, they're like, well, we gave him the medication. His heart is still failing. Like, it's, it's not coming back. So um, I'm at the hospital. I'm holding him until he goes to sleep. He goes, uh, he goes to sleep. So I go up to the room at McDonald's house. I'm tired. I'm like, I'm going to um, get some clothes, say hi to the other kids because the kids can't come to the hospital. We had to wear, like, plastic clothing to go in there. Um, and I fell asleep and I fell asleep. And, uh, when I woke up, I had like 10 missed calls from the hospital. He declined overnight and he was now in a coma. And so they're like, well, we're going to see what happens. Um, he was like in a coma for like two weeks and induced coma. They were trying to see if maybe they can stop him from fighting so maybe his heart can get it together. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna say, get it together. Um, throughout that time, I was still working, going work to the hospital every day, every day, um, because we still had bills. Um, we still had other kids and my husband at the time was not working. Um, and then uh, one day they called us, they was like, you know what? He's starting to fight the medication. Like he literally has straps on his hands and his arms because he kept, he started moving. Like it oh, stopped wow. working. You know, after a while, your body gets used to that medication and it doesn't work the same. Yeah. And so um, then he started getting rashes all over his body. They couldn't explain the rashes. He was really swollen from the water retention. Um, and so they were like, you know, he, the only reason why he's surviving right now is because of that tube that he has in his throat. Um, you should probably think about pulling the plug. And I was like, no, that's not going to happen. Um, of course, not in that manner, but I was like, no. And I told my ex-husband at the time, like, you know, we shouldn't leave him. Like, don't, don't leave him alone. I just, in my spirit, I was just like, don't leave him alone. That night, I stayed with him. And I prayed. I was like, you know, God, no, I prayed and I talked to my son. And I told him that it was okay to stop fighting. I told him oh. that I would be okay and that I loved him because I truly believe that when I had the phone call with him and he was cooing that he waited for me to get there. I, I, I truly believe that. And so that night I prayed and I told God, like, it's okay. And then I told my son, like, it's okay. Like, I'll be okay. And then me and his father switched. He said that he had a conversation with him too. I don't know what their conversation was. But anyways, I was in the shower. I woke up late because wow. um, usually I would go to the hospital to say something to my son and I would just go to work. I woke up late and I called my um, ex-husband and I was like, um, how's he doing? He was like, he's still here, he's good. So I'm like, okay, just stay with him until I get out of the shower. When I got out of the shower, my styles, my ex-styles was there. He was there in the room and I was like freaking out. 
But I was like, you know what? I got to go to work. I'm late. I had just started that job, you know, the 90 days thing or whatever. And my spirit said, no, go to the hospital. Like, go. Mm -hmm. I went to the hospital and it was maybe four doctors around him. His side, all, the, all the sirens from his machines were going off. And his nurse was crying. The nurse that stayed with him. She was a young nurse. And they were like, he's not going to make it. And so um, I called him. I was like, bring the kids over. Come back. Like, he's, he's dying. Come back. And um, they were like, do you want to hold him? And I was like, yeah, like, let me hold him. So I held him until he took his last breath. And it wasn't wow. Long. And when I, it was like, he looked, after it was all said and done, he looked so peaceful. So when you pass away, or if you ever witness anyone pass away, there's like a weird sound, like your spirit was leaving. It was kind of like a, a large burp kind of. And then like, you can see the fluid from his veins just like drain. And he was just- wow pale like there was no pigment it was just I don't know how to explain it and yeah we sat there until my mom got there and then uh, they were like you want to clean him up they handed us some um <laughs> big baby wipes to wipe his body down and my ex-husband he took the kids they went back to the McDonald house and I wiped him off and they were like hey like they're gonna come get him that was that. Wow. Wow. That is crazy. One thing that stood out to me is you said the night that he went into a coma that you actually got sleep, real sleep. And I think that is so significant because also too, when you talk to your son and you told him like, you can stop fighting. It was like, he was like, mom, go to sleep. You get, you stop fighting. Mm. And I think, you know what I mean? And it is crazy because you wouldn't have got any sleep if you knew that information prior, mm -hmm. you know? And that probably would have kept you up until the end. And I love that you were able to get rest and come to terms. I'm glad that, you know, your last experience, because it seems like hospitals, they were trying you a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm glad that your last experience, I'm glad it went well. And I'm glad that it was peaceful. I'm honestly surprised. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm surprised and glad that they let you clean him that is that is something that you'll never forget no and i don't even think that's super traditional either so that is know. amazing yeah i i know um it's funny that you said he looked the most at peace afterwards i work in a hospital too and i actually just encountered my first patient death i don't really deal with that because i'm a med surge that typically mm -hmm. stuff doesn't go wrong and if it does it goes to a higher level mm-hmm and it was crazy because when the patient was living you think like oh this patient is so grumpy and so mean whereas your son was a baby so he didn't really have much of a personality besides him going through pain so it's like you see him struggling and then i see my patient going through it and it was like he wasn't grumpy he was in pain and when god took his soul genuinely that was i was all i all i kept saying like as i was cleaning him that's why i'm surprised they let you do it and i'm so glad they did mm -hmm. i just kept saying like i'm so glad you're like you look okay you know like i was just yeah. like wow i'm so like I, this is probably the best there was nothing that we could do for you i'm so glad you're at peace and i'm so glad you are as well it seems mm -hmm. like you're at peace now i am 
It took me a for me to get here, but I am for sure. Yeah. I can imagine. I can imagine. I mean, what you went through in the beginning, but now you you look at peace, and you could you could you can tell your story, you know, and yeah. you know let them know this, you know, he, and he was at peace, you know, and death isn't. I'm a nurse's aide, so I see a lot of it, and they oh. usually just died, and sometimes I feel like sometimes you just take your last breath. I've seen where people take their last breath, like they're like just ready to go. And I yeah. think that is so peaceful. And I think that's the best way, you know, like your yeah. son, like you said, you saw your son, like he just left peaceful and that's amazing. That goes to show like, like God was there with him. At that yeah, time. for yeah. sure. That's <laughs> the best part. And then also what helped me find peace with my son is, um, I think I, <laughs> this is going to be weird, but I say that God sent his son to save the world, but he sent my son to save me. Oh, because oh. <laughs> that is so no, good. seriously, yes. <laughs> seriously, because before you know, even though I said my ex husband was an amazing father, he still is an amazing father. We weren't happy, right? And so, mm, yeah. that was okay. the catalyst that led to us end up being divorced, and we're both happy now. And then, also, I feel like a money was sent here for a purpose when we were in the a, Ronald McDonald House, life didn't stop. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we were trying to deal with a child that was sick, but the bills did not stop. The bills didn't yeah. stop. Mm-hmm. People want their house payments, you know. Yeah, they had their kids. Like life did <laughs> not stop. Life does not stop for it that. <laughs> and so I feel like there's a need there, which is why I, I'm starting my month foundation because my month heart mm-hmm. foundation because people shouldn't have to worry about bills while they're going through something as traumatic as having your child in the hospital, right? And then yes. I honestly I've never even heard of like hypoplastic left heart syndrome. Like who there are several heart conditions and I think that same year that my son passed, uh I think it's James Fallon or Jamie Fallon, whatever his name is. His son had a heart condition too, and then it became like something that people were aware of. And so I just think that there's a need there. And I feel like God put me in that position so that I can see what the need was. And then like, because here's another thing about my faith. I reached out to churches that I tied it to, churches that I was faithful to. And I had no one, no one came to pray for my son. There was no, wow. when I was sitting in the hospital for months at a time, you didn't see a church. I did not see a church come through and pray for the families or offer help to the families. I didn't see that. There was a chaplain, but all these mega churches, one of the churches that I reached out to was a mega church, no response. And so for me, it was like, it helped me. It, I would be honest and say that it helped me get rid of my religion and build a relationship with God himself to see Amen. I, I still follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that. No, I'm that's God. okay. I'm just saying that the religious part of it, it really shook me because I'm like, here it is. First, I learned that my child should be blessed because I'm married and that's not necessarily the case. And then where's where is the where is the meat that you guys speak about you bring all the tithes and offerings to the storehouse there'll be meat in my house i didn't even get a prayer and so i was just like god this this can't be it 
yeah. <laughs> so, I'm yeah. so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. Because I think we get so caught up in that mindset of thinking we have to be faithful to the church. The whole time we're missing the, the whole, the, the bigger picture, and that's being faithful to God. Yeah. You know, because when the tables were turned, those people were not faithful to you. And just like mm-hmm. you said, the world didn't stop. They were worried about their mortgage that needed paid. You know, exactly. <laughs> and, but I'm so glad. So I'm so glad you were able to evolve into a better woman after all this trauma. And I want you to talk more about your foundation because that was amazing. I didn't. I, that is crazy. Yeah. So, so um, still be a man's heart foundation. Uh, right now it's small. So after he passed, I used to go to the hospitals every week. Not every week, that's a lie. Sorry, every holiday. Every holiday, uh, like Christmas, Thanksgiving, and stuff. I like provide gift cards to the families or whatever okay. gift cards, teddy bears, whatever I could offer. Um, and that was on a small scale. Right now, I want to develop it into a large scale where we can actually help families so they don't have to worry about that. Like families and needs. Like maybe there are some families that could can afford that kind of you know situation like James Fallon or whatever but for the small okay. families the everyday working families that don't have that opportunity to just be like oh my stuff is my stuff is good my kids are good I'm just gonna be here in the moment with my son because although I did get sleep that day I felt so guilty because I'm like I wasn't there for you and the thing is I didn't oh, want, yeah. I didn't want him to experience being alone I don't know how he felt in that moment all I know yeah. is that I failed well, that's how I felt that I failed in that moment because I wasn't there. And I wouldn't want anyone else to have to go through that. And so the Amani Foundation is going to be supporting families all across the world. That is the large scale. That's my faith. We're going to support families all across the world who are dealing with a child suffering from a heart condition. And we are going to provide housing. We're going to provide money for bills. We are going to not just pray with them. We are going to financially help them and assist them. That's amazing. Wow. That if we amazing. wanted to donate, where where do we do that at? Um, getting the website together now. Um, and okay. I, if you follow me on social media, yeah, Marcia her on Facebook, the Marcia speaks on um, Instagram and TikTok. I will have all the information hopefully by August. Okay, I'm gonna add you now, and I'm gonna save some money so that I can donate because I always wanna <laughs> I wanna donate to charities and stuff, but. I need to know what I'm donating to. So this mm-hmm. is amazing. And to hear your story helps so much more as well. So Thank continue you. to keep sharing that because Thank you. it's going to make your business so successful. And it's not all about success, but you're going to help so many people that were in your shoes. And only you really know what that's like. Yeah. 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 So I'm so, so proud of you. Good for you. <laughs> so Marcia, can you also share about the podcast that you're on? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Sister Girl Podcast is a podcast with me and my co-host, you know, we just talk about things that women go through. Um, it's currently just uh, audio, and we just finished the first season. It's on all your streaming pod- all your streaming platforms, Amazon, nice. you name it, it's there. Uh, the Sister okay. Girl Podcast, and yeah, we just finished, we had 26 episodes. So go listen, we'll be back in fall with some new material. We talk about everything. It's really for men and women. That's good. That's good too, though. That's good. Because these men love podcasts and they love women's business. <laughs> that is so amazing. And I love how you, even after, you know, everything you've been through with your son, with, you know, not, you know, your spouse, you know, not being together anymore and then still being able to raise your kids and having this foundation and dedication of your son and reaching out to people and helping others because 
you've been there. You know, you were alone, didn't have the support, and now you want to support those mm-hmm. that may be going through same familiar situations. And that is amazing because, you know, we need that. We need those that are going to understand where we're coming from and that and familiar situations. And some people don't know the, that there's so many resources out there because nobody speaks to them about it because mm-hmm. they don't have anyone to give them yeah. the information or like, hey, this is a resource. This is a nonprofit. You know, sometimes it, it's sad that, you know, we know about it, but some people just won't speak about it and yeah. help and help those in need. And thank you so much for that. And um, you, you can tell that you are a strong, yeah. you know, women of strength, that you have continued to stand strong, not only on that, just faith, period, you know, and then God, you know, using your son as like mm-hmm. the biggest purpose in your life to allow you to keep going and helping others. I love that so much. He really, he really, he really did save you, and now I feel like you're saving the world. That's crazy. But if God, you said it yeah. earlier, like, or it was, in, it's something I saw that um, I think it, the Bible says we overcome the enemy with the with our testimony. And so, mm-hmm. if I can share, absolutely, absolutely, let's do it. <laughs> yes. yes well, I have one question for you. We asked yes, all our guests this. I know we've talked about a lot and we've seen different we've seen you in different lights and aspects, but outside of everything that we talked about, what makes you uncommon? If you had to say. Oh, what makes me uncommon? Yes. Is that Something I've that we don't through, know. I I've been through hell and back as far as heartbreak and I still choose to love anyway. Oh, <laughs> mm. Mm. Yes, I love that. I love that. That was, that was great. Well, everybody, that was Marcia Hertz. Uh, hurt, right? Or hurt? Mm-hmm. Okay, hurt. You can follow her on Facebook at Maria Hertz. And what was your Instagram as well? Uh, Marcia's the Marcia speaks and Instagram the for Instagram speaks. and TikTok. The Marcia's okay. Oh, she's on TikTok. Yeah, oh, and I'm about to get a YouTube channel. So be oh. yes, yes, please do it because I'm telling you, people like me will be in tune because you are inspiring and you're doing a lot. So that's good. And if you or anyone watching knows someone that you know has a good testimony that would like to be on the show, please send them as a reference. Um, you can email us at uncommonwomenpodcast um, at gmail.com. We are also on Instagram at uncommonwomenpodcast. Um, we're also transitioning to television. So if you know anyone that needs help promoting, let us know because we'll be working on commercials to do so and help them. Um, same with you. I know that you have a foundation. So once you get that up and running, let us know. We would love to promote that, okay? Thank uh, you. We, we like to keep our village strong and we all want to, we want to make something of ourselves and we want to stay uncommon. So thanks everybody. This was Uncommon Woman. <laughs> Bye. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you've been shacking up with us for a while and haven't subscribed to our channel, what are you waiting for? Please like and subscribe to Uncommon Woman so you won't miss another episode. And remember, don't let anything or anyone affect your peace. Good vibes and stay uncommon.